All right. Welcome to the Rooted Leadership Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Chris Panetta, and I'm here live in studio today with a colleague and friend and sometimes a co-host, Salam Noor. Salam, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, this is Salam Noor uh, with uh, Mountain West Philanthropy and um, really glad to be here and be a part of this podcast. Great. Thank you, Salam. Tell us, tell everybody a little bit more about your background, though. You're, you're being humble. Thank you, Chris. Uh, my background is is primarily in education. I've worked in education at the local and state level for for many years, uh, primarily in leadership roles. And I feel like I I have uh, been really fortunate to be able to to lead in that context and to work with incredibly talented people that care deeply about education, K twelve education, and higher education, and education policy uh, specifically that is intended to improve outcomes for all students in our state and, and nationally as well. Yeah, Salam is a well-known figure and leader in our community. He's been around here. Um, when did you When did you move to Salem? Moved to Salem in 1997. 97. 97. Yeah, yeah. I was just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Salam's been around here for, for a while and, and well-known not just in education, but in our community. So it's, it's really a, a, a privilege to to work with to work with you to work with Salam on our team here, um, especially in developing this leadership program, which we're going to be talking about quite a bit today. Um, and I mean, that's the whole purpose of of this podcast. This is podcast number number one, I suppose. I mean, this is our first uh, first one ever, um, and the reason for it uh, is we started a, a leadership program at a commu- the community level. Um, when was it about? Well, I guess we started in January, but we started yep. preparing for it last year. Right, right. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the needs we were hoping to address why and why we developed it and, and why we have the, the resources and the influence to do so. Because um, I think a lot of other communities out there can do something similar. Um, but do you want to just take a stab at, at, at uh, kind of how it all began? Uh, absolutely. And um, I, I think... When I think about programs, if you will, like groundwork leadership, it, it really began by someone in the community, and in this particular case, a prominent philanthropist, recognizing the need to build capacity for leadership and for quality, effective leadership that does two things. On the one hand, it recognizes and taps into you know, talented, seasoned, experienced leaders in our community and, and, and reaps the benefit of that experience. And then it allows us to combine that with a group of emerging or aspiring leaders. And what we do is we create a format for them to learn together, to learn from each other. But the whole idea was really based on building community and investing in, in developing and cultivating, if you will, um, competent, ethical, strong, sound leaders in this community in all sectors. Yeah. And this here said, you know, philanthropist, when, when I first spoke to him about this opportunity of creating this program, um, you know, he, he told me there was uh, three things that he hasn't seen in his many years being in the community um, as it pertains to leadership. And there's a lot of leadership programs, right? We have, you know, things that that go on with by the city, the chamber, the universities around here, and they're all great. Um, but he talked about three things that are not all in one place. And 
that he wanted to provide. And the first was education, right? Leadership education, um, what it means to actually be a, a leader. Um, and of course, of course, you can find information on that in all sorts of places, but to find it in one place um, with quality leadership uh, content didn't exist here. And it didn't exist with two other things. The, the second was real world application. Um, it's really easy to, as you know, to just talk the talk, but to, to implement and to do it is very different. And so that was, that was missing and also um, quality mentorship. So all three of those things you can find separately, but altogether, we didn't find anything that existed. And I actually did, you know, months of, of uh, studying the community, uh, trying to find anything uh, that existed. Because one thing we didn't want to do was reinvent the wheel. That's something really important to us. And so that's why we, you know, we did our homework and we looked around before we, we decided to create this. So am I missing anything in there and in kind of the origins of, of all of this? Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, no, you're not missing anything, Chris. I, I really love the way you described it because um, there are leadership programs that exist in colleges and universities, but they tend to be more theoretical, if you will, conceptual. And what I love about this program is that it is actually, it's real, it's authentic. It does combine research and theory with practice. Uh, we have um, leaders in this program that have been practicing for decades. They bring, you know, years of experience to share with their colleagues and especially to to help us continue to re to develop and refine the content. So it is practical. It is applicable. And um, what you, when you talked about the application piece, I think that's what most participants find really useful is the ability to apply the concepts that they're learning in their environment and in other settings as well, which is, which is rare because we tend to be limited to the sector that we work in. But you're taking concepts like rooted leadership and, and soil seeds and weeds that we're going to talk about here shortly and applying them in multiple settings and having the benefit of these experienced leaders from various sectors talk about them and, and, and give meaning to them. Yeah. So. By the way, I just have to say, you know, listeners, you'll hear rooted leadership and soil seeds and weeds. Uh, we promise this is a, a podcast around leadership and change and transformational efforts, not gardening. Um, and those those metaphors will make a lot more sense here as we dive into them. But you know, before we even talk about the core curriculum that that we frame everything around, you know, just gathering and the information gathering and creating this program several months ago, you know, we didn't just think out of think of it out of thin air either. We convened, like you said, very seasoned leaders in our community that have been around for a long time and um, and have led various different organizations across different sectors. And we asked them, you know, we asked them, what, what would you want to see in a leadership program? You know, what are things that you haven't seen in all the different trainings and professional development and leadership development that that you've gone through, uh, what, what was missing, what, what should we focus on, you know, what were the strengths from all of those experiences? So we we did a few listening sessions before we even started to put pen to paper and develop a, a curriculum and develop a program. The one thing that I would add, Chris, is that the lens through which we approach this program, it wasn't purely academic. Yes, we, it was based on research. It was based on best practice. But the whole purpose of it is building communities, the community's capacity to lead and, and cultivating and developing leaders that understand the community, recognize its needs, and lead in a fashion that take that moves the community forward. 
I think that is really an important component because it makes it more relevant to the participants. And I think it makes it more relevant to sustaining the effort in the long term because it's about our community. Yeah. And, you know, the the philanthropic organization that that we both work for, Mountain West, I mean, their passion is is people. Uh, And so um, everything that we do philanthropically has something to do with um, impacting people, especially um, historically underserved populations, the elderly, children, kids, you know, kids in our school and then uh, nonprofits uh, that that serve those those different populations throughout the community is typically where we where we spend a lot of our our time. But we thought, you know, what's more sustainable than us just directly working with those groups? Well, it's the leaders in our community. So um, which is why we we wanted to to start this because long term, that's going to have a much bigger effect than than one individual or one organization. So thinking of how we kind of started everything, do you want to talk a little bit about the, our, our analogy and, and metaphor that has actually become our guiding framework about, so, uh, you know, we call it soil, seeds, and weeds? Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and I, think, uh, I think it's important to underscore the, the amount of research that you have done to help us develop this framework of soil, seeds, and weeds. And I agree with what you said, Chris, this is not a, a program about gardening or agriculture, but cultivation is a very important aspect of it. And when we say cultivation, it's about, it's about the community that we want to have and, and live and, and raise our families in and work in. And that is something that is similar to gardening in many respects, because when we think about soil, seeds, and weeds, it's about a framework that we use that can apply to any organization. And then when we talk about soil, you and I have had lots of conversations about that. It's it's the people, it's the culture, it's the behaviors, it's the attitudes, it's the beliefs, it's the practices, it's the environment that we facilitate for us to be successful and for others to be successful. And and the seeds and weeds go hand in hand with that because we have a tendency. I worked in education for a long time and in education in particular, we are very um, initiative rich. We always have initiatives. New leaders have new initiatives. Uh, the field is constantly inventing and reinventing itself and innovating, and that means new initiatives. But what we've discovered over time is that many of these initiatives fail, not yeah. because they were bad ideas, but if you think of the initiative as a seed that you're planting that leads to a particular outcome, if that seed is being planted in soil unhealthy. that's unhealthy, unhealthy or toxic soil, yeah, it's unready, unhealthy, but also that that forces us to think about so what do we mean by healthy soil? And that is something that that you've given a lot of thought to, and I've researched extensively. But the framework begins to make sense. Why mm-hmm. did this initiative fail? Well, the initiative was really a great idea. It was based on research. It was based on best practice. In fact, we know it succeeded in other places. But why did it fail here? So, you know, is it because we had bad soil, meaning the environment was not conducive mm-hmm. for its success? Or is it because of the weeds and, and you're, uh, you're really very fluent, well-versed in the weeds concept in particular because it means conflict. And you've done a lot of work in, in conflict resolution and peace mm-hmm. building. And maybe I should let you talk about that. But that's why I love the framework because it's something any of us can relate to, especially if you do any kind of gardening, if yeah. you will. So I'll stop here and let you uh, expound on on that. Yeah. No, I mean, at first, when you first hear about it, 
you know, it, it sounds kind of not silly, but, but almost, you know, soil, seeds and weeds. I mean, what are, what are these people talking about? But, uh, it's so, it's so simple. And it, what I've seen is that it bridges content or curriculum or theory that people, especially leaders have learned over time. I mean, there's so many great, um, books and, you know, series of work out there that teach us about what soil is, but there's so much of it. So we dubbed it soil, meaning, you know, all of it. Uh, our soil is is the people. It's our mindset. It's how we see others. It's it's our climate. It's our culture. Um, you know, it's all of the above. And, and, you know, we're structuring it in a way that that resonates with with everyone across different sectors because, you know, our groups that we form um, in the Groundwork uh, Institute are very you know, we're starting out, uh, obviously with relationships that we've had over time, but it's just going to continue to get more and more diverse and, and people from different backgrounds are continue, are going to continue to come through, through the program. And, you know, this idea of rooted leadership and this curriculum that's really centered around soil, seeds and weeds is, um, I mean, there's so much to, to digest there and so much to talk about. I think that, you know, in another podcast, we'll actually dive into the curriculum itself more and we'll go over uh, the rooted leadership uh, handbook and what's inside and what what participants you know go through initially um, in in what they learn and how that's applied throughout the year but I want to I want to dive into um, a little bit about you know what what the groundwork Institute is why we call it an institute uh, what we hope um, for that because Institute the word Institute we've used very intentionally and there's a few reasons why that I think you can speak to really well Salam um, and why we obviously, you know, call it groundwork. You can probably imagine now we're sticking to this sort of earthy, you know, earth soil fill. But do you want do you want to dive in a little bit to you know why we were so intentional in calling it an institute and sure and how every month might look, you know, because we hold it monthly. You can even dive into the structure of of how it's set up, okay. how we started and how we, you know, how we go throughout the year and so on. Yeah, uh, absolutely, Chris and and. Uh and it's something that I really appreciate so much having something like this in our community and appreciate, of course, and value working together on on that. So, you know, groundwork, I want to start with that before I, I go into the institute notion. So the groundwork idea, for me, it is so relevant because whenever we step into a leadership role, there is always work to do. And that work may mean you know, reviewing what's what's been done before you got there, looking at what's going on at the time and thinking and envisioning what needs to happen uh, under your leadership moving forward. And that involves a lot of things. It involves listening, observing, studying, researching, understanding, analyzing, you name it. But at the core of it is seeing the people around you that you've been, you know, asked to lead and and determining your responsibility towards that. And for me, that is really the essence of the work, hence groundwork, because you're actually tilling the ground, tilling the soil to to create the right condition for success, for your success, but most importantly, for the success of the organization that you've been entrusted to lead, yeah. for the success of the people that you have around you and that you're interested to lead. Yeah. So there's so much symbolism there. You know, you see a, a plot of open soil, it doesn't get fertilized on its own. Yeah. And if you just leave it on its own, it's going to grow whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever comes along. 
uh, and there's no intentionality there. And, and so we're going to have zero control over right. what seeds are planted. We're going to have zero control over the weeds. Right. So there's so much symbolism in, in a leader's responsibility to to take care of the soil yeah. that they've been entrusted in. Right. And as a community and, and the leaders that we have throughout a community, I mean, you know, this community here is, there's, it's our responsibility um, as leaders to to cultivate and take care of the soil. Uh, absolutely. So groundwork really resonates with me because it just defines my role, my purpose, my responsibility. It also it also helps shape the mindset I need to have to engage in that work. And it it does I have to roll up my sleeves and and really dig deep into the work. So it's not superficial and it's lasting work and I want to think about it that way when I think about stepping into a leadership role. The institute notion is really interesting. And Salam, before you go into mm -hmm. institute, I'm I'm eager to t to talk about because that's something that really excites me about um you know why we call why we call ourselves an institute but and mindset is a widely used term um in today's world and professional world are really connected to this term mindset um for various reasons. Do you want to kind of tell us your experience with coming to use that word so often. I mean, I don't think we have a day that goes by where we don't refer to inward or outward mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so mindset is, you know, it's, it's terminology that we use uh, frequently in our community. And Chris, you've done uh, tremendous work in helping build capacity in this community through trainings in multiple sectors with community groups, business groups, et cetera, to help us understand what it means to be outward. And, and it's based on the Arbinger's Institute work on, on developing and implementing an outward mindset. And it really helps us be conscious, um, almost hypervigilant of how we present ourselves, how we show up to any situation. It helps us understand when we're being inward, which means we're focused on ourselves yeah. and our needs and not the needs of others. And being outward simply is, is being mindful of the needs of others, their desires, hopes, goals, and aspirations. And using that lens to recognize when there is potential for conflict because my needs and somebody else's needs don't align. And they don't necessarily have to align, but if I recognize what someone else is trying to accomplish, if I recognize their needs and I see them as a person rather than an obstacle, then the, the likelihood of us working together towards a common goal that satisfies both needs is, is great. Yeah. But if I see them as an obstacle or as an object, then we're likely to engage in some form of conflict yeah. and we perpetuate that conflict, which is the Arbinger uh, Institute calls collusion. So part of it is just being highly um, aware of your humanity and others' humanity and working intentionally to see people as people and to work towards positive outcomes that meet everybody's needs whenever it's whenever possible. So mindset is part of soil work. In fact, mindset is really essential to soil work. It's how it's a it changing mindset is really the start to cultivating the soil. Right. Right. Because you can come into an organization and think about that organization as the soil that you have to change, you have to transform in order to help that organization be successful. You can change behavior mm -hmm. all you want, but until you change the mindset and people see each other as people 
and recognize their needs and see and recognize the needs of the organization that they're working in, then you're cha- you're just changing behavior and it's temporary. It's yeah. not it's not lasting. And I think when you help people develop this outward mindset, you're likely to increase the efficiency, effectiveness, and really the efficacy of the people and organization that work in that an uh, organization. I mean, it completely transforms the soil. And, you know, what you said about, uh, you know, when we choose to see others as, you know, as the Arbinger Institute says, objects, that does damage to our soil. I mean, that's the toxic soil. And that, that's, those aren't always um, manifested directly through a behavior, right? It's a, it's a mentality. It's a way of yeah. seeing. And so it gets very deceptive and can be very damaging. Uh, and which is why we see communities all over the country, especially now, but, and organizations that have unhealthy soil. You can't plant any good seeds. You can't make anything grow because the soil is just yeah. unhealthy and people are in conflict and people are, are seeing one another as, as objects, uh, and weeds are taking over and, and it just gets really nasty and it, right. and it, and it makes, it makes it so much harder to, to lead yes. um, because our responsibility uh, now is, is focused on pulling out the weeds and trying to understand the roots of those weeds rather yeah. than trying to plant good right. seeds and, and, right. you know, bring about um, positive change. And, you know, you, you talking about outward mindset, that's another, that's another uh, podcast for another episode for another day, just kind of the, the, the history and the story of why our community was, the soil was so ready. You know, I think if we would have started, uh, you know, Rooted Leadership a couple of years ago, our community wouldn't have taken to it as well. Our community wouldn't have been as ready. There wouldn't have been such a strong culture or common language among, amongst several of our leaders in order to get behind something like this. And it's because we spent significant time, uh, cultivating the soil prior to um, using the outward mindset material, which again, that whole story behind that is, is a, you know, is for another day. But um, we didn't just try to plant this seed ourselves of groundwork, the Groundwork Leadership Institute and hope that it grew. I mean, you know, we, we spent significant time as an organization and as individuals um, yeah. out in the community doing our best to, to tilt the soil and, and make ready for it. And that's something that we really didn't mention uh, in terms of the inspiration. I mean, the the inspiration for the Groundwork Institute is not. It did not come in a vacuum. I, no. I think it is soil work, mm-hmm. and and you've trained me, and you've trained so many others in this community, and that was really all soil work, like you said. And I think doing that work has led us to this point in our journey where we begin to institutionalize yeah. what we've learned, and hence the word institute. At least for me, when I think of institute. An institute means a place of learning, yeah. a place of coming together, a place of uh, growing, developing, memorializing the work that we have done. But essentially, the way I think about it is is that we've built capacity throughout the community for this framework of soil, seeds, and weeds. It's an outgrowth of the outward mindset work that you have cultivated in this community. And we have an interest in sustaining that. We have an interest in, in maintaining and growing that. And we're interested in making a generational work. Yeah. So it's for the current leaders and their successors. And we've mm-hmm. asked them to identify people that they think would be, um, you know, potential and emerging leaders in the community. So the Institute, in my mind, is where it all comes together. It culminates in learning, continuing, ongoing learning relative to our responsibility as leaders. It 
pertains to developing and growing leaders, uh, building capacity in this community. But the Institute gives it structure. It gives it clearly defined curriculum and a conceptual framework to use and apply to your organization. And it has that sense of institutional memory and continuity. So we're building something really significant here, something that will have a long and lasting legacy, I want to say, and impact on the community that we 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 live in. And our hope, of course, to go beyond that, because yeah. we have something really wonderful here and we want to be able to share it with with others. So you know, institute often implies an academic connotation too, and this is going to be uh, rooted in in research and and evidence to say this framework really works. And if you apply it in the way it was intended, or it is intended, you're likely to experience uh, benefits as an individual, but also as an organization. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent agree. And you know, two things I would I would add that you touched on that I just want to expound on more is, you know, the you know, institute is usually an academic term and the 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 academic side of it that I think we're holding on to is this idea of shared knowledge, which I wanna to talk about because we're not we're not owning or claiming that we know everything and we're not we're not even the instructors from month to month. Uh we really want this to be uh an institute of shared knowledge, which is the purpose of this podcast as well. It's not just gonna be us every single um episode, we're going to have leaders from all over sharing their lens on on leadership and different different topics. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And I also want to, you know, just emphasize again, you know, the the whole goal here is is impact uh, and change. If there's one thing, you know, that if there's two things we care about as philanthropists, the first was we mentioned, which is impact on on people. The second is we we actually want to see things change. We care about results. Uh, if, if we're not going to make a difference, then where there's no point in in doing anything. So, you know, we we care about impact and we care about uh results. And and those two things are are vitally important and we always use the term that our our philanthropy for many years has been done guerrilla style, right? <laughs> um we see a need and we address it. Sometimes it's a quick fix, sometimes it, you know, takes a little bit more time. And you spent significant work working with our school district and and leaders and principals and and teams there strategizing around how to increase graduation rates and we've seen wild success there over the last few years um and so you know it's not like nothing is happening here uh that we're doing right now i mean there's so much going on we just want to start pushing record on it and being intentional about how we are uh working with leaders and how a community can work together because you know better than I do, you know, going to a meeting, whether it's in a specific organization and especially at community meetings, everybody sits there and talks about the problem with a different perspective, a different lens, a different way of approaching it and what mindset has done for us and what we're hoping, you know, this soil seeds and weeds curriculum, or as we call it, condensed, the rooted leadership, the rooted content is to get everybody on the same page. It's done that to some degree here, which has been really magical. I think so many of the wins that we've seen over the last few years have been because we've been cultivating the soil. Um, and, and so that's what I like about formalizing this and, and mm-hmm. being intentional about making it an institute because we're not just going to share uh, knowledge, but we're going to share 
results as a community. We're going to share impact. We're going to share outcomes. Uh, you know, when when the school district achieves, I mean, everybody should feel, uh, other leaders in the community should feel like they were a part of it. And the truth is they need to be a part of it. <laughs> you, you know, it's hard for, for a, a school district or nonprofits or businesses to achieve without, you know, everybody else in the community. So we want to have shared outcomes that we can point to. But the thing that really excites me is the shared knowledge. I mentioned you know, you and I aren't the ones teaching these these sessions. You know, at the beginning of the year, we had what well, we had our we called it the retreat. You know, we went out to the coast for a couple of days and we dove into the to the rooted content and we did some simulations. We had a good time with with the group of leaders, about fifteen of them. Uh, and then after that, every month, either one of them is the instructor, or we have a guest come in. We might fly them in from somewhere. They might be a really well known author or or thought leader, you know, globally or in the country, or we just you know, we have somebody from the community uh, that is well known in our community, or and people that maybe aren't even well known, but just have a specific right. expertise or lens, and we just want to share that knowledge. So it's not just housed uh, with a certain individual or a certain organization. We want to spread it uh, and really keep it um, here, and so that the community knows where they can go uh, for leadership. Yeah, it it's almost like uncovering gems in, in, in our community, uh, these tremendous assets. These are individuals that have led in this community for a long time, and many of them have worked together. And that was intentionally um, by design. This is our first cohort. So we, we purposefully uh, invited individuals that have done a lot of work in this community. And this is the beauty of an institute. You're constantly learning. You're yeah. constantly refining and improving what you're doing. And, and um, these individuals have known each other for a long time. They've worked together for a long time. But I think this institute experience has allowed them to really highlight uh, special or specific skills and expertise and talents that they have. I think it has allowed us to gain appreciation for who they are as people, as well as the leaders and the organizational executives that they are in this community. And I would say, you know, the notion of an institute is about. Um, it is about really creating generations of leaders that are immersed in a conceptual framework that is based on practice rather than just theory. So the fact that we have the participants be the teachers says, you know, says a lot to me and is that we're learning from one another. Mm -hmm. The shared knowledge piece that you talked about is so important because we're recognizing that we can learn from each other, we can teach each other, and that gets us even more invested in this context. What's important is to begin to apply it to our work environment. So yeah. you talked about education. We have nonprofits, we have business sector representatives involved in this work. And what I, what I think the notion of an institute and these monthly um, gatherings that we have for the participants, and and we've invited to, invited them to bring a guest when we do the the larger group gathering, if you will, on a quarterly basis. Um, what's important is that it's going to help us have common language, common um, concepts, and organizers that we can use when we collaborate on community problems. So we all work in different sectors. We all have different philosophies and language that we use. Yeah. But as we come together in as private, public, uh, nonprofit, et cetera, and we want to solve a problem that's really important for our community, 
this will be a tremendous tool to say, you know, it's a soil issue Mm -hmm. or it's a seeds issue or it's a weeds issue. We may actually have the right soil and the right seeds. We may have the right people, the right configuration, the right mindset, and we've identified the right strategies. But we have conflict, which is the weeds analogy. We have conflict that actually is keeping us from achieving our purpose. So this becomes a framework that the community uses to analyze, understand, and solve problems in a very effective and meaningful way. I love, like you said, I love that that participants are our instructors, that we are bringing outside guests in to be the instructors as well. Because, you know, we, we essentially provided a framework, right, around rooted leadership, this soil, seeds, and weeds framework, which is really a framework to help people organize their thoughts and organize their work and, and prioritize, you know, how they see their organization, how they see their individual leadership and how they see their community. But the very practical skills like building relationships, I mean, that's such an important thing for anybody, especially leaders. Uh, you know, we, we're not trying to tell people how to do that. We're actually letting them learn from one another. So that was one of our month's topics. What was this last month? It was adaptability and, and integration, right? Before that, it was uh, strategy and innovation. innovation. Uh, we've had, you know, mission-minded and, and culture and climate as a, as a topic. Uh, we've had uh, next month is effective meetings. Um, so we're just, you know, we're having this wide variety of topics, which again, we didn't think of the they leader. Generated. They, they yeah. generated this mm-hmm. list. And I'm sure that will continue to morph and change uh, over time. But we dive into those in depth. The group also has group projects. I mean, that's that's something that that I think the community uh, does not have. Is this, and I mentioned this at the beginning, is this combination of learning this curriculum or or, or learning from one another, but then being able to directly apply it right away to something that that actually really matters and that's real and tangible in the community. Do you want to explain a little bit about the group projects uh, uh, that they ab- have? Absolutely. Uh- the, the group projects is really a unique feature of this learning model that we, we've developed. And it's not abstract group projects. These are real problems that they've identified. I mean, it's, this is what I love about this process. Yeah, it's been it inclusive them. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and we've cultivated ownership from the beginning. So when, when you reached out. It shows and, that we don't, we don't have any fixed outcome that we're, I mean, we didn't think in a room before, hey, let's give them this project they they generated it on their own so they have to be accountable to what they do with it at the end of the year right. if nothing happens they it's not our fault right, right. it's right. it's the it's they have to be accountable and, yes. and be responsible for yeah. their work in yeah. those areas and i keep coming back back to this notion of an institute and that's what you do in an institute you learn you adapt you grow you facilitate uh, your participants your cohort if you will this is our first cohort and we're getting ready now to think about the second cohort your cohort becomes integrally involved in every aspect of it. So when we asked them to identify projects that they could possibly work on, they didn't, uh, they didn't come up with abstract ideas. These are real problems that they're facing every day. They're part of their organization or somebody else's organization. So the projects really involve uh, doing uh, underground work, so to speak, relative to an issue that is within their respective organizations mm-hmm. that they're grappling with and they need help with, or an issue that they're aware of in the community huh. that we can engage that organization around to say, 
what are your biggest headaches? We do a meet to learn, which is part of mindset work. We understand the concerns. We understand the challenges. And then they start to identify some real solutions to that problem. Uh, I'm involved in one of these projects and it pertains to North Salem High School and the community's perception of that high school. And quite frankly, at first, I wasn't really sure what the group was going to come up with. But it's really amazing when you put a handful of people together and you invite them to think openly and freely about a problem. And now they're using this common language. Right. They know exactly what we're talking about with soil. They know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Yep. And that's the idea is to use the framework, to use this language to define that problem and to begin problem solving around it. And I was just blown away by by the ideas, the perspectives, the the just the thinking that went into this particular problem relative to perception. And we've come up with some really wonderful, meaningful, relevant, and doable solutions. That's mm-hmm. what's great about it. So the tangibility of this work, the application, the practicality of it is really, really important. Um, and they're led by the group. Yeah. They're led by the group. They're initiated by the group. And a big part of leadership and a big part of groundwork and the seeds, the soil seeds and weeds framework is accountability. So accountability as a leader, accountability as an organization. And in this particular case, there is accountability within the group relative to the projects that they've taken on. Yeah. They can't keep coming back every month and saying, well, we didn't do anything. Right. Because the, I mean, the only people to hold them responsible is is one another. Right. The the other piece, Chris, that that uh, we should talk about is the mentorship piece. Yeah. Because um, that is also a unique component mm-hmm. uh, to provide mentorship to the individuals that participate in this institute. And you know, it, me in my capacity serving as a mentor, I find that I have an opportunity to to share my knowledge and experience with the participants that I'm mentoring, but it's also an opportunity to learn and yeah. and to appreciate their challenges, their environments, and the things that they're working on. So. Yeah. And you know, what connects, we've been banging this drum, but we'll always keep coming back to it. What, what's connecting everything from mentorship to the group projects to the curriculum that we're learning is this framework around soil, seeds, and weeds. It becomes this framework to to organize our work, but when it comes to these group projects, it actually becomes some form of a theory of change. I mean, you know, when we're looking at a problem in our community that we want to fix, we can't do it without, you know, we can't plant a seed without fertilizing the soil. And and what about the weeds? What about the conflict that needs to be resolved or addressed before we can move forward? And so these projects that they're working on, and you mentioned one of them, there's two others, they're not, they're not quick fixes. They're not band-aid problems. You can't put band-aids on these. Uh, they're not working on, um, you know, just maybe, you know, revitalizing a, a park, although there's nothing wrong with that, but they're they're really going deep. I mean, one of them has to do with cyberbullying and all of the things that come along with that in our community that has an impact on everybody. Uh, and that impacts mental health and all sorts of things. And And I mean, they're taking that on. And so, it really gives an opportunity for them to apply the model, not just in how to organize what they do, but now how to make a change with it. And then that connects to the mentors as well, because the first month, you know, if you remember, everybody had to create a personal growth plan. I mean, that was the whole goal for the retreat that we had on the coast. We did some simulations, which we kind of did a simulation around a hypothetical 
scenario in the community that they would want to fix. And we let them work on it for several hours and, and we just kind of observed them and, and what people typically do, right? They they butt heads, uh, they try to do quick fixes, so on and so forth. And these are, again, these are experienced leaders, but we fall into this and and then we were able to analyze it after and people were kind of able to see these aha moments. And so now we're we're giving them another opportunity, but now it's a real thing that they're working on all year long to apply the model and to do it perhaps in a in a different way. But back to the personal growth plans, that was really the the number one outcome for the retreat is that people get to know each other, build relationships, you know, launch it off, but we wanted them to leave having a personal growth plan. Those personal growth plans were then sent out to uh our mentors that we selected previously and then we aligned people up based on what what was in their plan, based upon things that they want to accomplish. And the strengths and and the weaknesses of mentors and the mentees, and you know we have a few mentors. Each of them are probably men- mentoring two to three individuals. Um, some of them see one another more as a c- accountability partner than a than a mentor. But you know the the work that they can do with one another is the same. To keep them accountable to that personal growth plan, uh, to keep them accountable to their growth as a, a leader, even if they've been a leader for decades, or some of our. Uh, you know, newer leaders that are in this specific cohort that are just starting out. So that mentorship program is the mentorship part of this is is really important. And we don't, I mean, we're not telling these mentors what to do. I mean, these are these are mentors. They understood their responsibility, and we let them loose. And they've been meeting uh, monthly, uh, even a few times a month. I know some of them with their mentees. It's had incredible value uh, on both sides. So you know, that's that's a really good sort of synopsis of. The big picture here, you know, month to month, like I said, the first month we spent a couple of days together and it was, it was a blast. Uh, it was exhausting mentally and emotionally for folks, which we wanted it to be. But thereafter, we've met one Friday for half of the day, not even that. Some of them have only been about three, four hour sessions. And all of them, you know, at least for me, uh, people leave wanting, wanting more and looking forward to the next one. And these are leaders that typically, can have their guard up when they go to meetings, but they're able to have their guard down now because the time we spent at the beginning of the year on that retreat. And uh, we're going to continue this model, you know, throughout the rest of the year and, and into cohort two. And, and you know, what's great about the first cohort or the cohort pr- that's previous to the next is we have a whole set, a new set of mentors, all right? Right. And, and continued instructors, special guests. Uh, there's so much involvement as an alumni community that they can have, which is really exciting for us as well. Because we're just, again, we're just starting out. There's so much learning that we're going to have the rest of this year. And what we're doing now is going to look different next year. And it's going to continue to morph and change over time, which is the benefit of being a a learning um, and sharing institute is we don't want to claim that we know exactly how to do it and and, and fixate on that. We want to continue to grow and, and be better. And, and we're, I mean, we're really leaning into that idea. Absolutely. And I think we're, 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 I want to say we're giving, we're giving meaning to leadership, if you will. So leadership is a concept that uh, is fairly well-defined in, in literature, yeah. in, in thousands of books. In thousands of books. Um, it, it has applications in multiple settings and sectors, and it is really essential for anything and everything that we do. But I think what we're trying to do here more than anything, and it's being modeled through the, the design and implementation of the Institute is this notion of adaptive leadership and mindset in the form of soil in particular is essential for having effective 
and meaningful leadership. So watching our participants lead and learn is really an essential component of this of this uh, program that that we've developed because they have a lot to offer, but they're also recognizing some of the key traits of leadership, which is humility, yeah, flexibility, the responsibility to share and grow leaders within your organization. And at the core of all of this is this sense of community. Yeah. We are working to improve and make our community better for everyone that lives in this community. Mm-hmm. And I think through the Groundwork Institute, that responsibility, which we know many of these leaders believe that already, and they, they exemplify that in their behavior every day. But I think it's germinating a, a whole level of commitment and passion for the, for the community that they live in and their responsibility to lead and to grow leaders yeah. in, in the vision and the spirit of this framework. Yeah. Which is part of the, the magic that I really like about this concept is, you know, you've been through more leadership training likely than I have, but you know, what I've been through, I've never felt like what I'm learning and what I'm doing as a participant is going to impact the next group that goes through. Yeah. It's going to have a greater impact on, on my community. I usually am and in it for this kind of intrinsic, selfish reason of I want to learn how to better me, which is great. I mean, we all need to have sort of this self-improvement, but but this is so much more connected to, you know, not just them as leaders in their organizations, but how can how can this change and impact the community? Yeah. And the idea of being part of this alumni group and and the things that they contribute just in their knowledge, this shared knowledge is going to impact future cohort. That's, you know, that's exciting to me. I think it's exciting for all of them as well that they're mm-hmm. part of you know they they all have massive impact in their organizations but that they're part of something that's going to you know potentially and hopefully stick around for a long time mm. and what they're doing now is going to have a direct impact on leaders you know 10 12 years from now i think yep. that's an exciting aspect of of what we're doing um that i think is is unique to leadership development programs uh we're not claiming to be content experts as you know the the hosts or the ones running it and uh we're not teaching everything. We're really leaning into our leaders, experienced, you know, veteran and, and, and rookie leaders uh, in, in creating this uh, experience together. So, you know, there's a lot, I think there's a lot more we could dive into where we're coming up right on 50 minutes. So I think we're going to, you know, we're going to end this podcast, but for future, you know, future podcasts, I think we've, we've thought of some more topics that we, we need to jump into before we even get into our interviews with leaders in our community. One of which is, is, diving in a little bit more to how this all started, along with explaining the curriculum around soil, seeds, and weeds um, even deeper. Because we explained a little bit about what soil means and, and, and what seeds are and weeds, but there's so much more to it that, that we can expound upon. And the impact that we're having in these group projects and the mentorship, I mean, there's so much more to, to digest and to, to take apart for, for others to know. And our goal with these podcasts is so that our community knows what's going on, but also, you know, what we're doing here could, could easily be replicated in other communities. Uh, and there's a lot of programs out there that are, that are doing this or something similar, but, uh, I think that we're learning something here in our community about cultivating soil and being intentional about it that I frankly don't know if it's happening anywhere else, um, where people are cultivating and coming together around a common language, around a common, uh, perception uh, of the climate and, and of mindset and doing something about it. 
I think that we're we've been on to something, you know, uh, when we started all of this that is really having an impact here and something that I haven't heard of or seen any anywhere else. And that's no credit to to us specifically. It's really credit to all of the right people being in the right place at the right time. And now that we figured it out, I really think that this could be replicated and shared in other areas. Yeah. Any any other thoughts, Salam? No, I, I totally agree. I feel really fortunate that we have the opportunity to do something like this in this community. And I totally agree with you. I think we have something that can be replicated and and customized to fit any community. And we invite others to to come partner with us and learn from our experience. Yeah. And we invite others to share with us uh, perspectives and ideas that can help us improve and enhance what we do. You know, this is groundwork. Uh, it's rooted leadership, but there is grassroots work that's at the core of it too, because yeah. our community is helping us define it and helping us keep it relevant to, mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. Well, appreciate you, Salam. Appreciate the time that we've had and there'll be definitely more to come. So thanks for tuning in and and we look forward to joining uh, on another episode again. Thanks. Thank you.